I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt. And this is the Land Academy Show. This is episode 1959. And today we are hosting an interview with mega successful members, Carl and Samantha Lathis. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, in the first part of the show, do them. We're going to find out what successful and why they just seem to buy and sell land and make it work for themselves. And then the second part of the show, they're going to interview us and, and uh, talk about how we fail at stuff to be ultimately become successful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi, guys. What state are you in today? Currently, unfortunately, we're in Illinois, but yeah. after this podcast, we're going to be leaving for uh, for the wonderful state of Michigan. So we're excited. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I'll probably never say this at the same time with you guys again, but we are on our way to Michigan also. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're way of hard uh, way over the lake, though. We're going under the lake. <laughs> yeah, this is true. We're about uh, 2,000 miles away from yeah. Michigan. We are taking this scenic path <laughs> a lot longer. That's true. So, you know, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a, Jill's got a whole uh, cue card of stuff to talk to you about, and um, it, sh- it should be a lot of fun. I'd, I, what I would, you know, before we really get into it, I would love to for you to just kind of take the gloves off and ask us the stupidest stuff you can possibly imagine. Oh, is that first or second? No, it's, but, you know, whatever the order is, it's, okay. you know, it's second. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, okay. So I would love to say, first of all, for um, anyone that is just tuning in, who is learning about you, I'm going to introduce you. You are our only official uh um, ambassadors to land Academy. You guys have been in a short amount of time, man, you guys just impressed us. That's, that's why we're all here. And we love the stuff that you do. Um, I'm telling every, I'm going to give you, I'm going to hand you this a minute here, but, um, I'm telling everyone that in a short amount of time, because you impress us so much, you help us with career path. You help us with our Thursday calls. You guys, it just clicked for you really quickly. And we're so happy. And you do consulting now um, for Land Academy. You might even start doing some um, smaller live things that you guys have (laughs) working on in your community Mm -hmm. and show up and represent Land Academy. And I'm so um, loving all that. So that's where you are with us. So if you would... um, give everybody listening and watching just some of your background. I think that would be awesome. Well, for sure. And I guess I want to kind of start by saying, you know, um, I think you said, you know, how well we're fitting in the community. Uh, I just want to say is the community is it's been, it's been a great time for us to get to Mm -hmm. know this community and to be a part of it. It has been wonderful. There's great people in the community and it's, you know, led by you guys who, you know, it's been a blessing for us to be able to to sit on camera with you guys and really learn from from what you still continue to teach us. Um, and even just learning from the community, uh, everyone in this community has so much to offer. It's kind of mind boggling. Uh, the members of, of just the level of intelligence and business acumen of people in this community. It's just, a great culture. It's a great culture. And it's it just never, you know, it's never ending. Um, and we we absolutely love that. Um, I guess, Samantha, did you want to give a little bit of your background first? Yeah, sure. So a little bit about me. Um, I worked in the corporate world and finance um, for about 10 years, 15 years, um, until Carl, you know, whispered in my ear, let's do land investing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where was that, by the way? <laughs> But for the record, that's how I get what I want too with this one. <laughs> Just for that right moment, I'll whisper to his ear like, we should buy this. Yeah, we should buy this. We should buy this 40 acres. We should buy this RV. Which is like, you know, 
that's the way you you, you got me. That's it. You so know, it you, goes. Jill knows all my buttons, and she just pushes them at her leisure. It goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, totally. When you have me in a jewelry store, that's when you should whisper all that stuff in my ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, back to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he after a while, after looking at all of the data and all of you know what was possible, I finally ended up quitting my um, W two job right when I was in career path, and we made this our full time, full time career. I want to point out that Samantha's a little bit of a sandbagger when it comes to her W two job. Samantha was a very very successful international CPA for one of the world's largest chemical companies, and she was very good at what she did. Um, this wasn't a decision that was taken lightly for us to, to move away from that. That's a career that people spend their entire lives looking to build. Um, but after we really started getting involved and starting to really understand these things and how successful we can be in this world, it's, you know, it really has been a no brainer and it really has just been, you know, um, we're coming up on a, actually just a year since she did yeah. that W2 job. Yeah. And, um, wow. and it's, um, and I tell you what, we have never looked back, um, you know, and it's a blessing to be able to say that, you know, she left a job that most people would fight for, for their entire lives to have. Um, and, you know, and they were begging for her to stay. And I tell you, we're happy with yeah. that. What was it really like, Sam? Would you really have to look at yourself in the mirror like 10 times straight and ask yourself if you're doing the right thing? Like, yeah, like before was, you got married to Carl. Have you had that conversation with yourself yet? Because, you know, <laughs> well, it's funny because the day before he proposed, he ended up quitting his job to start his construction company. Oh, that's great. And so, Trickier. Yeah, he's like, hey, can you marry me? Because I'm jobless. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank, I need benefits and uh, <laughs> an income. And an income. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So and then Carl, what, will you explain no, wait a, a second, bit? Wait a yeah. second. Sam, was it hard? Like, <laughs> yeah. did you really, you know, That's good. was it hard with the job? Did you really have second thoughts? Yeah, I really did. Just because I knew like how hard I worked to get to that position and just to kind of let it go to see like what possibly could happen. I felt like I was like jumping off a cliff being like, I don't know if there's water underneath, but yeah. you know, now what I know now, like I would have done that sooner. I wish I would have done it sooner. Mm -hmm. I wish we would have like been in this business even longer than we are now. And so it's been great. Personally, I don't know a lot of people who, you know, sit for the CPA and really move up the corporate ladder as fast as Samantha had, um, who just, you know, listen to me and quit their job. <laughs> so you're gonna keep up the continuing education and keep the CPA active. Yes, I'm gonna keep it active. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Cool. Well what about you, Carl? Give us if you don't mind give us some of your background because this all ties into my first question. Yeah. You know, so my background, um, I think my background's kind of complex is more of just, you know, I think, you know, cause what we wanted to really talk about was a little bit about, you know, how we've moved through the channels of success. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, my early life and sports and things like that. I've always been a guy who just can't not go a hundred miles an hour. I can't, I can't continue to, I can't just stay in one place. So even in sports, that's how I was. I was never the biggest guy. I was never the strongest guy, but I never, you know, no one can ever work harder than me. And that's, you know, how I moved through my athletic career. And then, you know, even in my first, I had a W2 job for, you know, three years and, you know, awful, but uh, I learned sales and I did 
and I did a great, you know, and I was, you know, I moved through that corporate ladder pretty quickly myself. Um, but quickly I realized I couldn't work for anybody. So I inevitably, you know, I spent time and, um, I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know how, you know, there's no handbook out there to say, Oh, you're 20, you're in your early twenties and you want to start your own company. Here's what you do. There is none of that. There's no, you know, and, and we're blessed to have, you know, the land Academy community where we can really learn from the framework that you guys have set up. There was none of that for me when I was a young kid, you know, um, I would spend every day after our, my job required me to work 12 hours a day and I would work 12 hours a day. And then I'd drive down to my father's office, which was 20 minutes away. And I'd log on to his computer and I started writing a business plan because that's all I knew how to do because I had went to college. I'd gotten a business degree. The only thing I knew that I wanted to be in business for myself. So I knew how to write a business plan. And I spent, and I did that for six months every day after work, every weekend, just writing and working, uh, knowing that I was going to figure something out. And I built that framework to understand, you know, how to start a business. There's no, every time you go to ask a CPA a question, every time you go to ask a lawyer a question, they say, oh, no, no, you got to ask the lawyer that. Oh, no, no, you got to ask the CPA that. And there is no real way to figure those things out other than working towards it, especially when you're a young kid and you don't have the experience that I have now. Um, so that was a lot of, you know, where I, so at that point I had, you know, I built the structure after hours and hours of work of what I thought I wanted to do. And I, uh, um, and none of that, you know, really was none of that landed hundred percent on Mark, but it did help me gain confidence and understand how to become a business person. So I'd started my construction company and things like that. Um, you know, and I just built off that framework for years and years and, you know, for the it evolved into other frameworks, it evolved so. into other frameworks and things like that. And, you know, I always kept in my mind that, you know, no one's going to work harder than me. No one's going to, you know, there's always going to be someone out there who has more money than you always going to be someone out there who's stronger than you. But the one thing I can control is how hard I work. And I've always, always taken that to heart. And I'll never, you know, that's, that's who I am. And that's, you know, why, how I believe that we've been able to move through and be successful, you know? I love that. Are you going to get into the questions? I am. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Here. I know. So, so. We're <laughs> just going to do it anyway before I read all this. Oh, we are. Yeah. I'll just to skip that, all that. So, so we were um, at the questions. We are the questions. We're, we're in the yeah. show. So, so, okay. My question number one is, as you just described, you guys already had great careers, mm -hmm. a cushy, kind of cushy life. Let's just say you were kind of set. You owned companies. Everything's cruising along great. You guys were fine, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. So what, what was your personal Land Academy aha moment that like, we're going to disrupt this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that? Or did you? I mean, Carl, yeah. you didn't really tell us what companies you had or have now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I initially I started off just doing REO construction. You know, I got, I found a way to get in contact with banks um, and would, and would help them bring their, uh, their distressed assets back to market after the crash in 2006 and seven, uh, all these assets, the banks had to take them back as everyone's aware of all this, the foreclosure oh, crisis, right. Um, in 2011, this industry kind of started coming out of the woodworks of all these houses have been sitting empty since, since the, the financial crisis. And these banks needed to take off, they call them trash out. They say, Hey, Carl, how much to trash out that house? And literally we'd go in there and fill up dumpsters of trash. 
<laughs> and you know, super glamorous job. <laughs> um, but um, the uh, and that's you know really where I started. Um, and then we slowly started evolving. At, you know, as companies started buying up these foreclosures, I was I was privy to seeing a lot of that happen. And these huge public market uh, place companies, you know, owned by these large conglomerates and publicly traded, were buying up all these foreclosures and putting renters in them. And at that point, there wasn't anybody who was there who can handle their ma- their daily maintenance. And that was an oversight on their side. And I ended up being in contact through my contacts at the bank with the people who were like, hey, wait a second, we have all these houses now in the greater Chicagoland area. And we have, you know, in their foreclosures, so they were never really ready for renters. Now we need to get them ready for renters. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my, you know, another company had come out of, um, after watching, doing that and being privy to that, which was a great experience for me, I realized that I could do exactly what they're doing without them. So I started buying my own houses and my own apartments and doing my own maintenance. So we own those companies. Um, and then, you know, slowly things have just always, we've always taken steps forward to Mm -hmm. evolve and we've always, you know, um, we always have our, we never put our head in the sand and say, Hey, listen, you know, like we're, like you said, we're cushy. Yeah. We could have stopped at any one of those points, but we never stopped. We're always saying, Hey, here's the next opportunity in front of us. And that was, what's so great about land. When my friend Mike had introduced us to really land, you know, um, it was just, to me, it was the natural progression for me. Um, honestly, I could have done without the rest of the stuff before it (laughs) (laughs) could, could not, you know, if I never have to trash out a house again in my life, I I never will, you know, but for me, it was just the, for me, it's always that moving forward. I always move forward. I can't stop. You know, we've had a lot of meetings, Mm -hmm. Jack and Jill, where I've always says like, what else can I do? Because I can't, I'm not a complacent person. And then we don't feel fulfilled yet (laughs) going forward until we have that, that sense of fulfillment feel like we're still driving forward. And I think Samantha had alluded to that your equity planner was a big moment for her when she was able to see how, how scalable and how, you know, um, you know, we, my goal was always, you know, I had lofty goals of numbers of houses I want to own numbers of apartments I wanted to own, um, never reached those goals, but that was, you know, that's fine. Um, when we talk, it, it, because as I grew, I realized I don't want to own that many houses. Right. <laughs> I don't want to own that yeah. many apartments. Yeah. It's far more work than I ever imagined. Um, and when you're going through that equity plan, you're saying, Hey, so you just bought this property for 10,000 and now you're going to sell it for 30,000. How much work did you put into that? Right. None. Exactly. None. I think, I think the, uh, <laughs> maybe the equity planner understanding it should be a section on a CPA exam. It should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, are you sure you want this career? You'd probably be the only section that I could pass. This yeah. You want to spend 10 hours a day or you want to spend two? All kidding aside, you know, I've had uh, companies and jobs that, you know, you look back on them and it's like, what a waste. But that gives you that rel- relative perspective True. about when you buy a piece of property for 20 yeah. or 30,000 bucks and sell it for 80 or 90 in a matter of cash in, cash out 30 days, and you spend all of two hours on the whole freaking thing, it perspi- provides that relative perspective, mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, because Jill and I have renovated a couple of houses and I'm surprised we're still together. Oh my gosh, <laughs> exactly. There were days I'm like, oh, this is fun. I'm decorating. And then there's days like come home with like, you know, soot in my hair, like, because I babysat the project and it was silly, but yeah. So it sounds like your biggest moment was when you, when you saw the math. Yes. When you saw our equity planner and you saw, oh, wait a minute, 
hold on a moment. I'm killing myself for X amount. You know, I'm killing myself reaching a million dollars a year and I don't have to work that hard to do a million dollars a year. And I can really scale it up uh, how I want to and still not work that hard by just doing different deals. Oh, okay. I know you guys went through career path, Mm -hmm. you know, was there ever a a time uh, and please be as honest as possible. Was there ever a time where you questioned the actual business model itself? That's a good question. <laughs> I can say without Samantha, 100%, I questioned everything in regards awesome. to when you went through the first two modules in Career Path and you were going through the Excel and talking about all that stuff. And I remember sitting there thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> and I kept my mouth shut and I was just like, I don't even understand how that any of that. And you know, we got done with the first two sessions of career path. And I looked at her and I said, did you understand anything he said? <laughs> She's like, Oh yeah, I got it all. And I was like, thank God, you know? And then, <laughs> um, and as we progressed and as I, you know, and then Jill, you know, second part of career path, Jill really takes over. And I think that the opposite thing kind of ended up happening and Samantha's like oh. well I was like I don't know if I can ever answer the phone I'm so nervous like I don't know if I can do this yep. you know the first time we put something into escrow Samantha was you know she's like what do we do what do we do and I was like <laughs> we just do it you know and you know so like that aspect of things so and I think that's what's important about how we work and I think it's important about how you guys work and a lot of people in partnerships in this world um you're under the business. Samantha's under the business and Jack, you're under the business. It's pretty foreign to me. Um, (laughs) I'll be real. Um, It is. And Samantha doesn't expect me to do any of that. Nope. And and I I, I prefer him not to actually. He's just (laughs) probably better. (laughs) Good. I'm going to throw Jill under the bus here for a second. And Samantha, you're going to appreciate this. There's been a few times where for whatever reason, I'm sitting at Jill's desk and we're having a meeting and talking about deals or something. And there's a spreadsheet involved. And so she's in the spreadsheet and and I'll look at the spreadsheet and ask her some question like, yeah, but what if we, uh, let's say we bought it for 30 and, you know, we're going to sell it. We're going to sell it for 85. Yeah. Well, how much money are we going to make if we sell it for 95? And I swear to God, this is what she does. She takes a little solar powered calculator out (laughs) while she's in Excel. (laughs) <laughs> and calculates it and she says this is how much money we'll make and it just cracks me to this day <laughs> my desk you store. Still <laughs> <laughs> so she uses a you know so i understand your point about understand you know the first four modules are mine and then the last four are gels well my phone's and, not handy i grabbed that little thing because <laughs> if i talk to the buyers and the sellers and the oh. agents and stuff we would we would uh we'd be sweeping floor somewhere this is good well this ties into my second question for them which is so, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening and watching who want um, to be like all of us. They were like, you guys are obviously killing it. You guys are, look, you're still sitting together and laughing and having fun. You know, we are two uh, amazing walking examples of having um, a business and a life with your partner slash spouse, yeah. which is huge. So uh, I want, I would love for you to share what has been your biggest spousal partnership obstacle? <laughs> oh my gosh! That you had to overcome. This is an expose. This is good. This is, uh... People want to know because so many times I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked to these people too. You know, maybe in Discord or something. They're like, "I want my wife involved. I want my husband involved. I would love to do this." You know, how did you guys, you know, get to this point where you're not killing each other and you're having fun? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Let's hear. Let's hear. Um, 
I hope, the, co- the-, I hope the coach is comfortable, Carl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I guess my, our big, my biggest thing is, you know, you have to understand that everyone's not you. Right. Um, like I alluded to before, I always say I've, I've yet to meet somebody on this planet who is willing to work as hard and to get up as early and to do things that I do, you know, um, you know, I don't have to set an alarm. My anxiety wakes me up at 4am, you know, <laughs> and, and that's when I begin work, you know, and you know, usually by the time I'm four or five hours into doing running whatever company I feel like running that day or whatever is on my schedule. Uh, now we're very scheduled. Yes, um, but you know, I, I'll start working five, six hours before, you know, um, mm-hmm. before anyone even wakes up. And that's, that's what just, I do. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. See that. And that's, and, and at first, you know, it's just like, you know, you got to remember that everyone's not you, everyone's not going to put in the same type, not effort, but the same type of effort, you know? And because the thing is I could put in four or five hours working so hard doing a meaningful task. And I've learned that sometimes Samantha could come through and she could spend an hour and do the same task. So why does she have to, you know, and so at first it's like, Hey, I've been here for six hours. Where the heck are you? Right. And then yeah, she comes wake you up know, yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. And then you realize that, Hey, everyone else is bringing different traits and characteristics to the table. And, and it's, it's different, you know, um, I wouldn't expect. And now that I really understand that, you know, I, it, it, it does take time to understand those kind of things that we're not all the same. We don't all work the same. Sometimes a task will take me four hours and it'll take her an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, that, that's a, that's a hurdle, you know, it's not everyone needs to be held to your standard. Cause I held myself to a ridiculous standard. Um, and you can't hold everyone to the standard that you hold that's yourself. Good. That's a good one. That's really good. Now, what bugs you What's about been your, your <laughs> obstacle, Samantha? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would say like we always talk about work and that can really be a hurdle for some people. That's good. Uh, just because you don't know when to turn it off. But I feel like whatever is top of mind, we just want to like talk through those issues. And so there's many times where we go out to dinner and like the kids are with us and everything, but we still want to talk about that one deal that we're, we're have pending on our plates and, and we just kind of work through all of those details, like whenever we can and, and as often as we can. And I feel like that's, that's something that makes us successful too, is that we just don't push it aside and say, Oh, later, Oh, later. It's just kind of like, if it's top of mind, let's talk about it. Let's hash it out now and like figure out what we're going to do moving forward. That's really good. I love that. Thank you. All right. I'm like, can I get my third question? Sure. Okay. (laughs) So my third and final question for you guys is, um, I've heard you've mentioned in the past, like, do we, you know, and you guys are under, under two years in, we'll just Mm say. So you've already had this, this aha moment. Like, did we mail that County? I've heard you guys say things like that. And I've heard you say things like, did, were we even buying some that that low that cheap back then? So, I would love for you to share with everybody. You know how often your goals change because isn't it funny? You guys already know quickly. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. we have so moved on. But for people that are new, that's scary and huge. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. So, how often do you guys do you methodically sit down, um, maybe every quarter, or twice a year, or something? And go, we're not doing those anymore we've moved on in the equity planner or is it just, uh, organically? 
So for last year, when we were in career path, we had a whole spreadsheet about like, these are our goals or like our, our thoughts of how we want to run this land business. And we just kind of tripped away at some of the easy pieces. Obviously, like some of our early goals were like, we need to make sure we have our website up, you know, like a phone number, some of those like basic setup ones. And then we kind of morphed it into, well, okay, how much dollars do we want to make? And then how many deals do we want to have in our pipeline that are continually closing and selling and and on market to sale? And then I I want to say we, we stuck with that for a good six months and we would talk about it weekly, if not daily, like, oh, look, we, you know, we hit this goal here. And so, you know, mark it off on the spreadsheet. And it's always great looking back and seeing that progress. And that's what I encourage people to do is um, to mark your goals, like write down your accomplishments. So that way, when you feel like you're in a funk and like things aren't going right this week, you could look back and say, well, last week I had all of these successful like stories and things that have happened. Um, And then for this year, we sat down in December and we really took a look at, okay, so what did we do since career path and how is everything working? And at that point, we had come up with what we wanted to do for this year. And now we track it monthly, if not quarterly, depending on how active our month has been. Awesome. That is cool. So it's like so far every year. So right now you're going to stick with your 2023 plan. And then in December, you're going to look at 2024. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll probably inevitably our goals are always lofty. Right. Um, but (laughs) it's, we will inevitably walk into our new goals uh, in my, if all things go, um, properly for me, you know, so once we read, you know, so I have specific benchmarks of what we want to do. Um, and, and I'm, you know, as goals kind of present themselves for me, you know, I, you know, we've been great to have vision of what we want in our future. Uh, we, we alluded to Michigan earlier, you know, like that's this thing. That's what we, you know, we have our goals to, to just like you, you going out, go, you guys traveling in your RV and things like that. So as our dreams and our goals evolve, they all evolve together. And so, um, and we, Samantha, we write them down, we do all that, but I don't think, our goals are usually building on each other. We don't usually say scrap that move on, you know, because it's more of a pivot. There we go. Yeah. That's good. This one always comes up with big numbers in a good way. He's like, I thought, yeah. Remember when I said that one, I don't think that anymore. We're, we need to times for that. I'm like, I thought it was a big number already. (laughs) He's like, yeah, we're way past that. Joe and I joined forces, uh, You know, after that downturn, Carl, you alluded to earlier. So like 2008 or nine, somewhere around there. And our first goal was, believe it or not, because we, uh, I was pretty, very, very successful before that. We just got our asses kicked during that downturn. And, and so, but we had, I saved up a bunch of money. I had a bunch of dirt and uh, lived in a house that, uh, in a townhouse in old town Scottsdale that was free and clear. And so when we started, re, when we really joined forces back to sell off some of the land we have and get the acquisition machine running up and up and running again, we both agreed that, you know, we just need $5,000 yeah, a month. Yeah, we're like, well, if that you can't live goal. on $5,000 a month, there's something wrong with you, you know, with everything paid for. We're older yeah. than you guys and our kids were, some of the kids are out of the house somewhere yeah. at that point. And uh, we're like, just it's five grand. Let's That's just it. chill out. You know, yeah. <laughs> That lasted a week. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was really kind of funny. Now it's seven digits a month. Yeah. That's that and everything in between happened. Well, and I even have that conversation with Land Academy people. And I'm like, okay, look, come on, everyone. Because when people think that they they didn't do that well that month, I'm like, if you can't live on $20,000 a month, we have to talk. And they're like, it's a little bit of a bring them down to reality. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right, Jill. I'm like, yeah, think about this for a moment. You're doing okay. (laughs) We're going to take a little break here. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Okay, so we're in... Collier County, Florida offer is a biggie, $134,183.69. The owner called to yell at us about the offer amount. He turned out to be a very sweet older gentleman. That's funny. We asked him what number he had in mind, and he said he'd consider $200,000. Thanks for consult for $389. Good turnaround. So this is not bad. This is good. 2.44 acres, uh, access, yes. The broker who's an expert in the area says that it should be listed between 379 and 399. Things could easily sell for 389. If everything went to hell, worst case would be 350. I'm loving all of this. So so yeah. am I. On the canal in a well-known area of Aples known as Golden Gate Estates. It's about 20 minutes from the Gulf, about an hour from Miami. Um, everybody's alive, we're good. Yes, there's an HOA. We used to live in Naples and have family there now, so we know something about this area. Agent who we've been working with lives in the area and spent a lot of time giving us analysis. So I've got nothing but thumbs up. Let's check the value of this house next door. These are the easiest properties in the world to value. Susan, we've done all I'm your homework. Or something. We've done all your homework. I hope it is. Yeah, that's what I'm By assuming. the way, incidentally, everything's in a floodplain here. When everything is in a floodplain, this is silly. They might have built this up, honestly. They may they, have built these lots up. Or they designated... They got some designation that you could get later on. When everything's built in a floodplain, it's meaningless. The floodplain is actually meaningless. This is a subject property. So mm-hmm. there's a good little spot right there, which is right on the canal. Mm-hmm. If any of this is real, I bet you they build these properties up, you know, a few feet. Exactly. Adjacent property is yeah. 900,000. There's Joe's. Bucks. No. So 200 is a 20%, let's say. That's the owner's house. Excellent. Awesome. Look at that. He's owned it since 1993. So he bought it and built there. How cool is that? He bought it built in 1998 and he built a 3,500 square foot house. That's 25 years old. So uh-huh. this is probably okay. Christian says, so buying on floodplains is okay. No, not at all. What I'm saying is it passes yeah. my cursory first test when I see that everything is in a floodplain in this area and it's all being built on. If this lot was just in a floodplain, which you often see, but everything else, the problem is it's all relativity. So you can see that for whatever reason, this is out of a floodplain. If this, if in fact this map is, uh, you know, perfectly accurate, which they're not, these are just satellite images. Floodplains just become a relativity issue. And so when your lot's in a floodplain and nothing else is, that's a real big issue. When everything's in a floodplain and your lot is also probably going to be okay. Love this deal. This is a fantastic presentation. Yep. So it's up to you if you want to get a second opinion from an agent standpoint, but mm-hmm. cool. love the deal. Welcome back to the second half of the show. I bet Carl and Sam have questions for us. I'm a little, little scared. <laughs> <laughs> we got some questions, but actually it's funny. Um, we were looking back at last week's podcast and the week prior, and uh, we were blessed to be featured on uh, the, would you do this deal from when we first started? Mm-hmm. Um 
it was pretty funny uh, actually looking at those deals because both those deals we ended up executing. Um, there was the one uh, in North Carolina that we was just done last week. And uh, we had priced it as uh, buy for 38,000, sell for 65,000. Mm-hmm. And we were a little worried about it. And as were you guys on the call, and I, you know, I kind of forgot about this property. This is one of our favorite properties, actually, that we ended up selling because it was such a great, ended up being such a great deal. At the end of the, at the end of it, Jack, you suggested maybe we try and get it for 10. Um, so I called, <laughs> I had called, I had called the seller <laughs> and I had said, you know, um, I didn't go for 10. I went for 28, 28. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I had to end up, I forgot. I ended up having to leave her a message and I left her. Oh no, I talked to her and she yeah. hung up real quick. And then you're like, Oh crap. And I then I left, I left for whatever reason. And Samantha took the phone call and, uh, and, and I come back in to the office right afterwards. And Samantha's like, well, I, t- uh, the seller called. I I gave her an extra five grand. I was nervous. She was crying <laughs> on the phone to me, and I was like, <laughs> and I was, I was livid, and I was like, no, you know, and I was trying to get in right now. Yeah, and I was, I was, livid. I guess that's our biggest fight right there, yeah. Tanya. And um, <laughs> we ended up executing that for thirty thousand dollars. Um, we. Uh, all in costs were like 35, 35 all okay. in costs with that's with selling with a real estate agent. And, um, we listed it for 75,000 and sold it for a hundred thousand on day two. It was our that's Sam, can I, <laughs> great. Sam, can I tell you, I can't I count it. the number of times I've screwed up Jill's deals Yes. to the point where there's no phone. I don't no. have a phone number or an extension at our, nope. com- at the land company anymore nope. at all. Not at all. <laughs> if anybody asks to speak to Jack, they say, Jack, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a normal deal for you guys uh, buy for 40 sell for what did you say 100 100 38 yeah. yes. 38 yeah yeah um that's our that's, that's we love those deals love. obviously um you know we've done a, a handful of those yeah those are like those are those deals we want 30. more of um we end up you know and that's that's our goal uh you don't always hit you know you got to play the cards you're dealt um for whatever reason, we've had some smaller properties coming across our table and we're making good money on them. Um, and so that's what we're kind of doing right as of this moment. If you take a snapshot of where we're at today, um, I'd say if you took a snapshot six months ago, that's what we were doing uh, was those larger deals. And, you know, and we're still nailing those larger deals. Yeah, it's not it's to good. say that we're not. We're just like I said, we're playing the cards that were dealt. We're playing what what comes across. I'm not going to pass up, you know, um, we just actually executed one that we, you know, we're purchasing for $3,500 and uh, selling for $30,000. So, you know, it's how do you, you it's hard to pass that off. <laughs> you have to yeah. do it. But you have to do like that. Low dollars. You know, yeah. um, and low for, to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, we do a handful of those deals every year too, where it's like it's 3000 bucks. Let's just see what's going to yeah. happen. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and turns out this lake was on a lake. Uh, this is probably was near a lake that was stocked with muskie and the agent called me. He's all excited about it and stuff. I was like, yeah, we're going to move forward with this. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of fish, Jill and I went fly fishing yesterday. We did. Cool. It was a blast. Yes. We had a guide we and everything. Yeah, who was better at it? He caught two. I caught one and I fell, of course. <laughs> and I did get Are water you- in my waders. <laughs> 
I slipped at the very end. I was four hours in and I stepped backwards and I just kept on going. <laughs> Sam's immediate question is who's better at it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had fun though. I'll do it again now. That was good. Oh yeah. I'm hooked. That's mm -hmm. it. I've been fishing my entire life and, but never fly fishing. And it was, uh, we had a great guy, young kid. He was a, he was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And we're in these rage in the Colorado rivers, raging rivers all over Amazingly the place here. We're beautiful. in Estes Park, Colorado right now. And it's, uh, that just sounds we had, awful. To, we had mm -hmm. to get in there. Oh, it was yeah. magical. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Did you guys, uh, want to yes. get more about deals or do you want to jump into questions for us? Jump into some questions. Yeah. Okay, cool. And this so my first question for you guys is everybody defines success differently. So some people think being successful means um, having a lot of free time, doing whatever they please, or being financially set. So what is your definition of being successful? You go first, please. Okay. Yeah. Mine is the first one. Mine is, is, uh, the time is being able to not work a lot of hours, have a lot of fun, mm -hmm. be really picky about that. I don't do as many deals as I could hands down, but I make those deals count. So that's what I do. I skim for the best ones because I want to have fun. I don't want to work that hard. What about you? My long-term goals have never changed uh, since I was a teenager. I want complete control of my time mm -hmm. and I want a tremendous amount of accumulated equity. Um, some of it in hard assets and, and more, but most of it in cash. And so, uh, you know, it started with me mowing the neighbor's lawn you know, when I was 12 years old or 13 years old and then and beat and made it a, a business by the time I was 15 or 16 and sold it to the guy who's as I, a, a guy that started a professional uh, landscaping company in my, you know, it was in my high school in my class, sold it all and went, went off to school. And, and I look back on that and I'm like, that's, that's all I wanted. All I wanted to do is control, control my time. And so it manifested itself into this. It's that's really perfect. interesting. And we, we've accomplished a lot of it times 10, both mm -hmm. of those things times 10. It's interesting you ask that because Jill and I, while we never talked about it when we joined forces, we had that same long-term vision, True. you know, and then we ultimately eventually kind of talked about it together. And it's like, I want that too. Yeah, you know, we go true. about it completely differently, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I stick my head, you know, the nerd way, I stick my head in the computer and try to figure it out that way. And she just gets on the phone, which is really good. Like we, we, um, I leave the monetary goals up to him. Cause I know that whatever he, uh, forecasts or whatever it is, it's going to be times two or three what I'm happy with. So I'm mm -hmm. like, great. Well, I don't have to think about that part. <laughs> so we've long yeah. passed the, yeah. the equity part. Like yeah. we could stop doing this at any time. So my goals have changed a little bit, but but those are the, you know, now it's more about teaching yeah. and instructing, but um, those, those two things that that's, that's what's kept us on the rails, kept mm -hmm. me on the rails. It's a good question. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Control of your own time is very important. I, okay. I, I, you know, I, I don't mind working, right. If I'm working for me, I don't mind right. when mm -hmm. Samantha and I sit down at the, at the restaurant and we say, how about that deal we just did in North Carolina mm -hmm. and we could laugh and we could, you know, cheers our glasses that, you know, some people I've met my whole life. You know, I remember even when I was working in sales, we'd sit around and 
we'd sit in groups of people and, you know, and I'd want to talk about what I had done that day, what I had accomplished that day, but I had worked for 12 hours at this company. So the only thing that was really top of mind, the only thing that I, my accomplishments or what I had done at work. And I'd sat with people often and say, talk about anything but work. My problem is I've always pushed forward, pushed further. I don't mind talking about work if that's what I'm accomplishing. I don't mind talking about investing in land because that's what I'm thinking about because that's who I am. And so it's like control of that, you know, it's control of your time. It's control of how often you work is what's important to me, mm-hmm. not going to an office for somebody else, but it's going to an office for me and, and, and working for me. That's not work to me, you know, that's, yeah. I so that's, love it. yeah. You know, Sam, you left that corporate job. I, I left a partnership at KPMG, you know, a lifelong mid six digit, uh, plus bonuses on top of that for the rest of my life back then. And, and, uh, and I was two months into this doing, cause I had, this was always my side hustle always. Mm-hmm. And then two months into it, I was, I, I made just tons of it. You know, I cleared almost a million bucks, probably two or three months in. And I'm like, what the heck was I, it, I should have done this years ago. Yeah. Well, that actually is kind of uh, my question a little bit. I know we all know that you guys joined forces at one point. I'd like to understand what the business culture of a Jack Rand business about <laughs> Without Jill was kind of like, <laughs> it was uh... excellent question. <laughs> I love this. Something like out of the Adams family. Is it oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, you know, I look back on that time, you know, I was living on the back of a yacht in San Diego, uh, very, very financially successful. Um, and we, I literally, I was, uh, kind of Nazi like about a lot of things. And I look back on that and, and wish that wouldn't, that wasn't the way that, you know, my way was not the right way. You, you're supposed to hire people and, and uh, you know, listen to their input. You know, if people come to you, just like your kids, if they come to you and say, this stuff's all sideways. And I, I think I have a better way to do this. You know, my response back then was, well, tough luck, you know, you work here <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm the boss. That's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's so short-sighted and egotistically and silly. And so, um, yeah, when I brought the truth that I think what you're asking is when Jill and I joined forces, I, you know, I got my gavel out and said, this is how it's going to go. And then slowly, but surely, because she's a, I undid it all. Yeah. yeah. Jill's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic. You know, I'm going to say, I use this word and take it how you may, but Jill is a great manipulator. And I don't mean that in a negative way, you know, her. So she's just softened the whole thing. And gave it gave it some personality and breathed, you know new life into it, Thanks. and both from a hiring standpoint, which is incredibly important, mm-hmm. and from just the relationships and customers and all buyers and sellers and all of it. So thank you. It was a much better thing, and then I also learned a lot about myself. Like I don't have to, you know. Well, I'm from work. You guys are from the Midwest. I I grew up in the Midwest in the '70s and '80s, and that's just how things were. That's how everybody ran everything. Can I tell mm-hmm. the banana story? The banana <laughs> yeah. peel story. <laughs> We'd love to hear the banana peel story. <laughs> so, so you and I, it might have been Mark in there too. Skylar yeah. was there. Mark Podolsky. Mark Podolsky. Uh, Jack and I, uh, we had an employee named Skylar with us. I think it was just the four of us at that one time in this office. Mark was the weirdo who sat on a bouncy ball back then. He'll he laugh about that. He always seen him with the exercise ball. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. who is this weirdo? This is how I got to know Mark Podolsky. Um, <laughs> this weirdo with his Mac computer sitting on a bouncy ball. And I'm like, what Strike the Strike one and two. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. 
But that was so, so common when I worked in the office. Everyone's that one of those stinking things. Yes, that was it. I'm like, all right. He's evolved. I think he has a treadmill desk. Now, at last, <laughs> the last I talked to him, it was that. He knows what he's doing now. I don't know what he's using. But anyway, uh, so I'm new to the game. And this Jack you know, does have his adamant office rules about how things are handled, period. And one of them is... You do not throw anything in the trash. See these trash things? He took them all away. He took all, he took all the trash cans away. He was very concerned about security and stuff. And he's like, everything, I don't care what it is. It wasn't it, security. Well, what was it? Just paper. Paper. He just wanted paper. no paper. Well, everything goes in the shredder. Mm-hmm. Nothing would go in the trash. Everything would go in the shredder. He would come and take, if I had a trash near me that had like sticky notes that maybe to myself, like, don't forget the dry cleaning, he would pick them up and put them in the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> so I got so I'm, he, I was so mad at him one day because he had done that. And I'm sitting there watching him do this. And I'm like looking across at Skylar. I'm like, I'm about to put this banana peel in the shredder. You guys did, I should have put the banana peel. I'm going to jam up the stupid did. shredder <laughs> with my banana peel. This is how I feel about you and everything going in the shredder. It was so darn funny. So now our, all, our whole office and everything, oh, every room has a shredder. Everybody knows you do not. You know, there's if you have to write something down, that's fine. Then you put it in the computer and then you shred that kind of thing. <laughs> we are paperless. And it I used mean, to scare me too because I thought, deeds i'm like this is a, this is one of the things that people had a hard time with and i'm sure they still do we get these back these deeds with a stamp on them and there's physical things written on them sometimes like i'm supposed to keep the real copy of the deed right it's a thing you actually don't scan it in shred it when was the last time when we buy property do i need the physical deed no i don't we all look it up it's, true. it's all right true. there mm-hmm. but it's it felt weird to me going i can't i, I can shred this there's a there's a couple of takeaways here for people who are listening or watching yeah. uh, at completely at my expense okay. <laughs> number one you can't rule anything with an iron fist you just can't. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it'll, it will backfire on you every single time. I learned that the hard way and Joe pulled me out of it before it was too late. But more importantly, I think there's very, very specific personality types in business. And you can't, if you start to cross those lines, you're traveling in the danger zone. I'm a very good startup person. And so the, the ideology and the justification back then, I've long since, long since all that's gone. The justification in my mind was I started all this. I put all the capital in. uh, And so you're going to listen to me because I'm right and it's working. And look how much money we make, which is great because I'm a startup person. That's just what I do. I'm a terrible operations person. I suck at it. I suck at payroll. I suck at motivating people. Uh, Obviously, banana peel thing. You know, and that's what that's what an operations person is supposed to do. Keep everybody together, keep everybody motivated, make sure they're compensated correctly. They have the tools to do their job and honor. And I'm not good at any of those things. So but I think, again, back in the day when I was, uh, you know, grew up around people that were very successful, the startup start, they didn't call startups startups back then. They were just, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I have I built this business. And I watched, I look back on it now, very successful people, extremely successful people were terrible operators. And, it, you know, you just have to separate that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, who are you? Are you a startup person or not? Are you an operations person or not? Uh, are you a salesperson or a data geek? You know, you have to really get to know who the hell you are before you go out and try to figure all this stuff out and, and where, where, what your role yeah. is. Because I can tell you, you're not all for 
Mm-hmm. You're not the no, data person, no. the sales person, the startup person, and the operations person. I've never met anybody like that. If you think you are all four, you're probably none. Yep. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent. Well said. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's like, you know, like saying, you know, listening to what you're saying is a couple of notes I had made before this, you know, and, and, um, and I think that this, this kind of ties in a little bit, you know, I've always actively in my career and my life, I've always tried to surround people with what I refer to as like my tribe, people that I look to for, you know, uh, mentorship and guidance. I've always gone to specific people in my life to this day. I go to those same people. I, you know, I keep, you know, it's all about, you know, it's all about quality over quantity. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have people that I can trust people that aren't in my life that are on the same level. They have the same mindset that I do. They don't have some secret agenda of why they're listening to what I have to say. And at the same time, I'm there for them. Right. And, and I think that's, what's cool about, you know, a lot of what Jill has done with land Academy um, is we have a great tribe here at land Academy. And I'm not saying that everyone in land Academy is your, you know, is your best friend is going to, is going to pick you up and elevate you. But what I'm saying is we're all like-minded and you got to sort through and we're, we're building a community and there's, you know, specific people that you're always going to, you know, steer towards more. And I think that's very important because you're not doing this on your own. You can't do this on your own and anything. And, and you need to rely on other people, people who've done the things that you can't do or haven't done yet. You know, and um, I've been blessed in my life to have a great tribe around me. I, you know, we're blessed to have you guys helping us and mentoring us on a, you know, pretty much a daily basis, you know, between the podcast, between us just speaking and between everything else. And I think it's important for people to understand that you need to really keep a, a tight group of people around you that yeah. can really help elevate you. And I think that's you know, the reason I'd asked about what it, what was the pre-Jill business like is because you know, there is a community here and you guys have built a wonderful tribe. Um, and I just wonder what it was like before, <laughs> before that tribe was here. I had, a, <laughs> I had a business partner. You know what? I, I got to tell this very recent story. And this is the end of the answer to the question. But in the most recent career path, which you guys were involved in uh, mm-hmm. as ambassadors, at the end, somebody said this, and I, I've been thinking about it ever since he said it. In the last session, when we were all just kind of talking to each other, he said, what I've learned out of this is that, you know, I've had a business partner for, you know, a decade mm-hmm. and we've, we've parted ways since this career path. Cause it really, he realized, I don't remember which guy it was, mm-hmm. he realizes he's been with the wrong business partner for oh. three years, you know, and I really, that really motivates me to oh. do another career path oh. because that's what I, I, I really, yeah. it's those things. It's that you can teach how to do a mailer and all yeah. that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's that, you know, big stuff. Yeah. It's the big picture, uh, mental, psychological, you know, almost spiritual stuff that you have to figure that out. Uh, and I didn't have any of that figured out and probably still don't, but (laughs) one of the big benefits of, you know, before and after Joe is I feel like I, uh, kind of understand what, what, what I want and who I am. Good. And that leads us to our last question that we had for you guys. (laughs) Well, one of the last ones is what motivates you? You go first. I'm very, very motivated by money. And it's not uh, a Michael Jordan betting kind of motivation where I have to win. I don't have to win. I don't care about winning. Just ask her. Like mm-hmm. she, she cares more about winning than I do. But I'm very motivated by money and working on stuff uh, that generates a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and now I get older, I'm a lot more, more, more and more and more motivated by having 
complete control over my time. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, cause he's got that part licked. I don't have to think about it. <laughs> uh, so that's good. I have two things that I get out of bed every day for. One is my own personal deals. The stuff mm-hmm. that we are still doing every day, we will always be investors first. I, I love that. I get jacked about it. Like I just looked at a deal the other day that came in that was like from a year and a half ago, they called back. I'm like, Oh, we are doing this deal. So, and it's, and I'm most motivated on the buy side. I know how it's going to play out when they sell it. The, the, the needle in the arm is like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I got this for fill in the blank yeah. dollar mm-hmm. amount kind of thing. I, I love that. So that still core motivates me. I we're driving around in this RV and I'm thinking of, can we mail, can we mail this area? Can we mail mm-hmm. this area? Yeah. It's still, and we do all, right. sometimes it's always on my mind. You know, we find little places. I'm like, Oh, this is what's coming here. We got to hit this area kind of thing. So that's number one. And then number two is this community. I, especially the ladies, mm-hmm. I get such a, um, a rush and uh, um, so much pride when I hear and get back feedback from Land Academy women that are running their own businesses <laughs> and starting, <laughs> yep, that's it, <laughs> retiring, and they're retiring their husbands or about to, or like we have a, you know, we all know we have a member that the, you know, I'm sure there's more than one where she was first and now the husband mm-hmm. kind of works for her, you know, kind of thing. It's, it was her thing that she started and brought, he quit his job and came in and I'm like, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. So hearing the stories about how well our community is doing, our tribe is doing, I love that Carl. And especially the ladies, that's my, that's what motivates me. That's awesome. Yay. I like to see people succeed a lot. You know? Yeah. I, I get a, a huge kick out of, I guess it's our legacy. So yeah. 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 I, I always, you know, I kind of go back to a lot of, I love adding value and, mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in anything I do in a conversation I have with somebody, I hope to add value to it. I hope to not just be a taker in life. I hope to add something, you know, add value to whatever I can and whatever I touch, I want that to be a part of my legacy. I want to be someone who adds value, who doesn't take away from whatever I'm involved in. And, yeah. you know, that's a lot of how I, my mind works. It doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll work around the clock and put $0 in my pocket if, it, if it's added value somewhere, because mm-hmm. it, it does, whatever that does, that's what motivates me. And that's what keeps me going is just continually to add value somewhere, somewhere without, you know, mm-hmm. if I don't do something that makes me feel as though I had value in a day. I feel as though it's a wasted day. I love that. And you know, it's funny. You don't, you may not see the initial return on investment, but I really believe that in some way that good thing Mm -hmm. will come back. Well, that's a huge, those are core values. You know, they're, they're, it's 2023. And all I see in the world is less and less of that. So congratulations. Cause I think that's i I'm not sure that's something that most people have anymore true it's unusual yeah it's, it's all about them yeah not about what i can do it's all about what they yeah. can get uh-huh. and, you know and, and that's and disheartening as, as possible yeah it is. It is. and that's why we're here and that's why our tribe is who we are and that's why we help each other i love it i, I get excited every time we're on a thursday call you guys have seen this where someone's like hey i'm about 20 minutes away from that do you want me to do a drive-by and take pictures <laughs> for you i'm like 
that's so nice. Well, I, I love, love when that. I love when there's yeah. other people in career path that are making way more money than we are. Yeah. I I'm love like, that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You did what this month? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. Hey guys, thanks very much for uh, sharing an hour with us. It was uh, very enlightening. As much as we know you guys and talk to you guys, it's I learned more stuff today. Yeah. Same here. Same here. It's been awesome. It's been great. We look forward to being more and more involved with the community and being around you guys. Um, like I said, you know, we want to surround ourselves with people, you know, um, like-minded people. And that's what we, you know, we're, that's, I feel as though why we feel so comfortable here and, you know, good. Thank you for having us. And thank you for having us around always. Yep. Thank you. You're going to be with us on the next career path, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, the yeah. two career paths. Right. Yeah. Seven. Seven. yeah. We have, have seven or eight. Yeah, I do. It's, it on the, it's on the website. <laughs> you don't know the dates. <laughs> you don't want to tell. I know the dates off the top of my head, but it's on. If you go to landacademy.com forward slash career path, you will Second find it. Second to last week of September, correct? Yeah. I'm yeah. Wednesday sessions late, and late September. <laughs> exactly. We're all, all four of us. We're going to be goofing off this summer, um, having some fun and preparing for it. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. I can't wait to have this conversation. I, we need to do this probably every six months at least. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to five yeah. years from now, what we're going to be talking about. Right. I'm look, it's going to be cool. Well, yay. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition.